Hi, this is the Zane Lowe interviews on Apple Podcasts, and I'm Zane Lowe. Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Today's episode is somebody who has a real special place in the heart of us here at Apple Music. When we launched in 2015, we were searching for stories and collaborators that were at the same place we were at, kind of at the start of something. And one of the first quote unquote moments I'll never forget from those early days was when my friend JJ Corsini brought me new music from an artist called Halsey right at the beginning of her whole journey. He said, you got to listen to this song. This is a smash. And no one outside of her fans who already love her are really looking out for Halsey, but I think she's going to be huge. It was so immediate and so obvious that that song was a hit. And then in listening to her debut album, it was very clear to me that Halsey was a real artist, 360 and deliberate, right across all the detail of her career, her vision, the way she makes her music, releases, distributes it. And in many respects, she was right at the very forefront of an era of artistry that takes into account all of it. You know, the music being the key that opens the door to the room, your name is on the front door, and when fans open it up, they see your whole world. Halsey builds worlds and has been doing it album by album, tour by tour, and film by film ever since she first started releasing music. Add to that that she has one of the sickest and most amazing tones in pop music, and she's an incredibly compelling conversationalist, and you find yourself right here on Apple Podcasts, a chance to hear my latest conversation with one of my favorites. Talking about her most recent and honest album, Manic, this is me and Halsey right here on Apple Podcasts. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Yeah, thanks for the new song. It's wicked. It's it starts one way and it ends a whole other way. Um, it, I I, th- I thought you were going to stay in the first thirty seconds of the song, but it finds it it finds a really strong rhythm. Yeah, it. it's very um, human. Mm. A lot of those sounds are super organic. It's a lot of people sounds. Mm. You know, a lot of the instrumental is like ah ah, and the percussion is letter. Yeah, it definitely has dance floor to it, but it's a very human dance floor. Yeah, it's like, it's skin. You hear skin. You can tell there was like people making it. It's interesting. I don't know if it's really what people were expecting me to do. I say this every time I you put do, out a new and, song. And by the way, that train left the station a long time ago. You're the only one left on the platform. Like, what does everyone expect me to do? Like, What does everyone expect me to do? We have no idea. I know. It's great. It's the best. I, uh, yeah. So I made Nightmare mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm angry. I want to make an angry song. Mm-hmm. I want to make angry, dark music. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. And then like. Was that um, general or was that on that particular day? In general, mm-hmm. in general. Cause I made that song long before it came out, which is a whole other conversation. Cause everyone was talking about the timeliness of it mm-hmm. and et cetera. But it was just, you know, how I had been feeling for a while. Mm. And, uh, so I sat down to make this album and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make an angry album. And uh, I wasn't mad. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many times artists have said to me, oh, man, I was just so heartbroken. And by the end of the album, I'd found love. And oh, now no. I hate this album. <laughs> no. I can't even play it anymore. Well, I'm, I think I got lucky enough that I caught it before the process really started. Um, this song is, it's called Graveyard, mm-hmm. but it's not scary. No, um, no. The scariest thing about it's sad. it. It's It's emotional. It's very sad. I'm good at sad. You are good at sad. I'm also good at disguising sad, I think. Where you don't know it's sad. Because, like, I've seen people in the club singing without me. And I've been like, this is a really depressing song. Without me is a very sad song. <laughs> no, that goes off in the club. I've seen it. You yeah. should see when Diplo drops it. It's a... I hassled him for having, you know, because he just doesn't suit long hair. And I, I'm sorry, it's got to a point now where he just looks like a Balearic... Axl Rose. Yeah, or like a Balearic DJ who stayed one too many summers. Oh, he's you know? going to hear this and he's going to be really, really sad. No, but here's, no, here's the thing. He already got mad at me. Like, he totally told me I was in his space at a great a post-Academy uh, post Awards party. He was like, yo, you're in my space about my hair. <laughs> 
I was like, listen, I may have overcooked it a little bit, but you should totally. Oh, is that the Academy Awards part? Yeah, yeah. But I'll like, tell you something later. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Then. All right. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Back so, to the song. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's exciting. It's really exciting because it's very um, it's new for me, doing something that feels kind of lighthearted, and it was the it's I'm closing a chapter in this record that I feel very much like I needed to mm. put the final word on, put the nail in the coffin, if you will. Hey, oh, uh-huh. there it yard, is. Bury it. She'll be yes. coming. There's a matinee tomorrow as yes. well. There's a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, well, because you came out of a relationship that ended and you started a relationship that seems good yeah. and you're an honest writer. And so you've got to make that transition in, in art. Totally. I also needed to take responsibility for my actions. Oh, can we talk about that? What sure. Did, what does that entail? The song is me saying is, is an acknowledgement of the positions that I put myself in. Mm. Um, that could have caused me or my life, you know, a, any kind of... Uh, harm Mm. it's accountability Mm. it's saying you know like without me is this like blind declaration of of love you know if they laughed and them all and i gave it a hundred tries didn't notice because my love was blind it's a ride or die song exactly that's when love is at its most night beautifully naive yeah but because even if even if it lasts right even if the riding and the dying carries on and you and you stay together yeah eventually you realize that you have to take accountability anyway. Totally. But when you're doing it in front of the entire world and there's people watching you put yourself in positions that are like not necessarily um, safe for you Mm -hmm. or, you know, necessarily. uh, They want what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like I said, you need to take responsibility. There's other people, these people are idolizing, you know, this, this thing that you've created and you need to be like, no, that I did made, I did a bad thing. I was making a mistake. Mm. Um, and you know, in some ways it's a metaphor. It's about like, you know, loving someone to death kind of. And then in other ways, it's actually pretty literal. There's a lot of moments in the song that are pretty literal, which was kind of scary to write about. But you know me, it's what I, I find the scary thing and I do it. Yeah, you um, do. And you've always done that, but you've done it with increasing intensity. And I feel because if yeah. you come out with Badlands the beginning and done that, it would have been like, okay, well, you got to yeah. give us a minute. <laughs> yeah. But you've done it with increasing intensity. So to be at a point now where you're in your mid 20s and yeah. you're actually facing yourself to that degree, does that sound bad? I no, thought, we'll keep going. I wanted to say 25. I thought mid 20s was light. Mid 20s. Mid 20s is cool. Yeah. The 20s is still, Jonah Hill could still write a script about your life and it could still star young people. I I am mid-90s, but I would have been born, not skating. Yeah. Okay, please, I don't want to talk about how old I am anymore. This is like, and no, I'm just kidding. I really don't care. It's cool. I'm excited to be getting older. We all care. I am. We all I'm care. actually really um, happy to be in a position of like, um... I think the stars every day that I'm finding ways to mature within my career that feel authentic to me. Oh, hallelujah. That's the best thing I've heard you say yeah. for a long time. That's really exciting. That me. is called taking accountability. Yeah, totally. That's the best form of accountability in a weird way because you'll still make mistakes as a human. Everybody does that. Yeah. But the biggest mistake you could make as a, as someone with a gift is to ignore that. Yeah. I've also seen people do it, you know, and it's frustrating because I understand and I can empathize in a way why... You know, you fall victim to patterns from when you were younger or like, you know, brands or themes. And it's like there's no reason that anyone needs to be like there's no reason that like any kind of theme is is solely 
existing for like a younger group of people Exclusive, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, there's no exclusivity in that, whatever. Like I'm super like, I'm super anti-Asianism. Like I want everyone to be sexy and be empowered and feel, you know, like they're, they are constantly evolving and multidimensional at any age. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I, my fans deserve an, a, a Halsey, an Ashley that is maturing. You know what I mean? And is like writing about themes that are uh, natural to me and themes themes that are actually occurring. And I do see the, the post sometimes, you know, and this is like an age old issue. It's like, the, well, we miss Badlands. And I'm like, well, I'm not 19. Yeah. And those songs you know? exist. If you miss Badlands, go, go stream it. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the most exciting thing about Gra- Graveyard for me is that it's a really nice, um, it's a really great pop song, which is really cool. You make you sound surprised. You do that. You know that's what you do, I'm just right? starting to realize that I do that, though. That's what you've that's, been doing. I, but I've rejected that, I think, for a really long time. Um, post it post without me, I think I was like, oh, yeah, I do. Well, because you had a big one, two, three punch. You had, like, three big yeah. hot moments yeah. in a row. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like, I was like, because I think when Bad at Love happened, we were like, oh, this is cool. But it still felt very, like, left of center in a weird way. And you've always been an outsider. That's one of the things everyone loves about you is you made it into big rooms. Yeah. Selling lots of tickets and doing it your way at, 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 at a pace that was honest and deep yeah. and layered. So then my best... One, two, three, bam, three hits. And so all of a sudden you're accepted by a wider mainstream audience. How did that feel? It's in my best interest to keep doing things exactly the same way that I did before. But I can't do that because now I have to like... You know, I do have to acknowledge that I have a fan base that doesn't have time to sit around all day and do my scavenger hunts and mm. read into the lore and the themes behind my concept albums. We still albums. will, though. But no, but what I mean is, <laughs> how did it how did it feel for you, Ashley, mm-hmm. the outsider? Yes. Ra- raised yourself to a degree alongside those that cared for you and everything yeah. else, but ultimately raised yourself, got yeah. yourself into a position yeah. where you set your own path, created your own vision, sought out to achieve it, giving zero f- about what anyone else thought, created uncompromising pop music to be in that room with the pop stars who aren't you. Um, and I've asked this to a couple of, only a couple of people throughout my career because yeah. I'm fascinated by the idea of being accepted when you were unaccepted for so long. Well, that's something you need to re- consider is that you, you think, oh, once I'm successful, then everyone will like me. And that's not, that doesn't happen. That's doesn't not happen. true. It actually gets worse, I think, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're like a misfit or a low life or a loser and nobody's jealous of you, they leave you alone. But when you're a misfit or a low life or a loser and you have something for people to covet, then it's it gets worse, not yeah, better, right. actually. Yeah, right. Did you, have, um, you, have you experienced bullying in this industry from other artists and um, such? I've, I've witnessed it a lot. I keep to myself very much. I love everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. I love. Can't love everyone. I, well, I I try to. That's a good answer. I try to love everyone, and uh, I'm just kind of. I still kind of feel like every day I'm like looking around, little bit of imposter syndrome, little bit of like looking around, being like, wow, everything everyone's making is so amazing, and I know how much work I put into what I do. So I have like a really strong admiration for everybody else and sure. their craft. Like when someone, when one of my peers puts out a song, I'm not just like oh, a song. I'm like, wow, they like had to write this and make it and come up with the concept and this and they work. So you're an empath. Like, you're an empath. Totally. But in a bad, in a bad way. But I think I, I, I have a really hard time getting along with people. Uh, so being in that room at the MTV Music Video Awards is to some degree, despite the honor of being asked to go and the gratitude unto which we show MTV for continuing this long going tradition. Long going. It is 
somewhat of a nightmare for you. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm lucky that it's only like a couple hours long. So like I went and I just went and I danced and like I had a few drinks and like I I stand up for everyone and I dance for everyone and I know the words to everyone's songs because I'm a fan <laughs> and I, I sing and I don't really care. But let me ask you a about question about cool, that. Okay. You know? Okay. But that's, a, that's a good observation. So as an empath and somebody who wants to make others feel really good. And yeah. I'm standing the whole show. I, I was going to say like, are there times when someone <laughs> comes on and you're just like, look, if I was at home with my besties right now or my boy right now, I'd just be like, this person's trash. But I got to stand up. I got to groove. Because sometimes I see everybody stand up in those rooms. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just old and cynical. But I see everyone stand up in those rooms and they're all like, you're the best. I love you. You're killing it up there. You're killing it up there. And I'm like, I feel like I'm watching pop stars. You know yeah. that movie pop stars with Connor yeah, for real? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I think, really? I think it's like... I think it's two things. I think the first thing is that I genuinely still am such a big music fan. So like I look around the room when those other artists are performing, like Taylor Swift's on, right? And like mm -hmm. everyone's standing up and I know every word to love her. And I'm like singing my heart out because I'm getting a Taylor Swift concert. She's like in front of me playing guitar. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, And I'm here right in front of her watching her sing. And I would have killed for that like love 10 that. years ago. So I'm singing every single word and everyone else is kind of like standing up. And like some people are singing, some people aren't. And then... Someone else comes on and like some of the people sit down and I'm like, well, I don't want to sit down because I stood up for Taylor. So I feel like I should stay standing up for this person. You're in a glass case of emotion yeah. at that point. And there's a camera right here. And then Taylor's backstage watching you and she's like, wow, she just stands up and dances for everybody. There's uh, nothing special about our relationship uh, whatsoever. So I can't win, I guess, really is the problem. When and you have therein a lies life's golden rule. When you have a microscope on you or a magnifying glass, it's really hard to make the right decisions because everything can look like a misstep if taken out of context. How about this? How about don't try to make all the right decisions. I Just don't, make but I the care best about decision people. You can. I care about people. And like in an environment, like 99% of the year, I'm not engaging with other artists. That's right. So those award shows and things are the few opportunities where I get to go and be like, I'm in your corner. I like you because, you know, I don't really like talk to, <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> no, don't speak to people. I don't. I don't really. I don't really speak to people. Um, and I don't think that's the what I predicted for myself. I think mm -hmm. if you told me when I was 16 that I was going to become like a famous singer, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to love it. It's going to be great. I'm going to go out. I'm going to love the paparazzi. I'm going to have uh, a famous boyfriend. Yeah, my squad. Go to the club. I'm envisioning <laughs> all this like it's a movie. And then it happens. And I'm like, I really don't. I really want a slice of pizza, but I really don't want to have to go out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But everybody no. feels that way. Yeah. Right. I yeah, feel that I, way. I Joe the know. plumber feels that I way. I don't know about that. I think there's some people in this industry who really get off on the fanfare of all of it. Yeah. And I that kid just could never really be me. I guess. Mm. I don't know. I just. Thank God you worked that out. Yeah. Because that's how careers end and yeah. worse if you don't work that out and you try to be fit into something that you're just not. I have good people around me as well. I don't think I've ever really worried about it. Well, there was one time, but I... You know I've got to ask you about that one time. <laughs> no, I mean, everyone saw that one time. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's yeah. hard when 100% becomes 200%. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I, I well, think well, I have great people around me, though, who just, like, keep me really normal. And I do I do as much, like, normal stuff as I can. Like, I go to the grocery store almost every day and, like, I... All right, let's talk about normal stuff. What do you buy at the grocery store? What's the go-to items you need every time apart from the hygiene and health? Um, I get a lot of vegetables. Um, I love Whole Foods. I go there all the time. There's Good. this girl, this, there's this little girl at Whole Foods, and her name is Juliet, and she's... Norwegian and she's like probably like seven I think eight and what does she live there how do you know I <laughs> see her there all the right, time right, right. and Re she's regular. a fan and every time I see her I'm always like Julia what's up and I go over and I talk to her and like her mom and she's from Norway and 
Lido, who I made my first album with, mm. he's Norwegian, mm. and I made a lot of the record in Norway. So it's really cool because one of the first times, you know, I met her, she was like, She's like, I'm from Norway. And I was like, oh. And do you speak Norwegian? I said, Iksnakechanorsk, which means I don't really speak good Norwegian. Oh, um, come on. You've yeah. rehearsed that. No. It's, uh, so she was The way like, that it just came out, even with, <laughs> even with the little laugh at the end, because I don't speak Norwegian. Stop with that. Uh, <laughs> you a Pixar movie? Yes. Get out of here. <laughs> what are you watching right now? What's the box set? Ooh, I just finished Euphoria. Which was amazing. Amazing. Wow, 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 yeah, wow, wow. Clear the boards. Oh my God. Just just hand out the Emmys now. Yeah, it's over. It's over. It's over for everyone. Yeah. Like they, they should just sit Zendaya on the stage. <laughs> So yeah. she doesn't have, have to, to walk. Get on and off. They yeah. just keep handing them to her. It's like I, it's like Quincy Jones at the Grammys. Just put him on a table on the stage and well, hand him another. You know, I'm a tough critic though. Because I'm Skins generation, uh, I'm Degrassi generation. Yeah. So like I started with Skins. That was the woke, that's when it became woke on TV. Woke teens. Yeah. Woke teens. Yeah. I started with uh, Skins. I watched all of Degrassi. I watched so you so were a Drake Degra- fan before I Drake. so much Degrassi. You were a Drake fan I when he was Aubrey. commercial for Room for Improvement. He paid for ad space after Degrassi at the end to advertise his mixtape Room for Improvement, which most people probably doesn't don't even know exists because it's before So Far Gone. And yeah, and I was in my living room and the commercial came on and I was like, boom, going online, getting this. You still got it? Somewhere. I had it in my iPod that I definitely <laughs> don't own anymore. Right. You, um, <laughs> so you're an Aubrey fan on Degrassi. Heck yeah. Euphoria you watch. Mm-hmm, it's amazing. Yeah. And I love like the depth of the representation is so incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I'm hoping to integrate the cast a little bit more in the next season. I definitely want to see some more people of color in the cast. Mm-hmm. But I understand like they're being re- realistic to the neighborhoods. And mm-hmm. a lot of these neighborhoods, like these suburban California neighborhoods, like... Mm-hmm when they're like upper middle class in the way that this is, are heavily populated by a lot of like, you know, white kids. Like, Great observation you know, though. And I love so. that you're invested as a fan enough to want to make that observation. Do you write? Do you, I mean, are you, I can't remember if I've asked you this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but have you written a script? Um, uh, well, I'm working on one. Yeah. Doesn't surprise and me. I'm working on a couple of shows. Um, some are live, some are animated. Um, I, yeah, I love writing people. I love writing people. I think writing dialogue is probably my greatest strong suit um, as You're an a writer. incredible writer. Oh, thank you. No, you are. I mean, thank when it comes you. to putting words into a framework where there's a narrative and you can re- retain some emotional core to characters, I have no idea who they are, whether they reflect <laughs> your life or not. You're very yeah. good at it. Thank you. Yeah, thank straight you. Up, straight up. I think once I started delivering the poems, that's when I really wanted to start doing dialogue and doing characters. Is when I was re- realizing like the ways that I could captivate people just simply by like telling a story. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when I was started doing the slam poems and seeing the passages of them that would connect and they didn't rhyme, which they were basically just really good monologues. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's when I was like, oh, I really want to start doing dialogue and doing doing character work. Um, and which brings me to me being like, oh, I'm only twenty. Four or five. I have so much time. Like, that's the 24th. 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 Because I'm like 24 of almost 25. 24 of. Yeah, 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 24 of. So I'm glad we've talked about Graveyard. Let's talk more about your song. Who produced it? And uh, what was the engineer's name? And uh, no. Is that right. really what you want to know? No, I love no, all that absolutely shit. Not. I love all that shit. And I'm going to get back to it. But right now, I want to know what makes you cry. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Right. You know what I will say? I cry more about stuff that happens to other people than I cry about stuff that happens to me. You're an impact. When something happens to me, I'm like... <sighs> right. 
Right. How do you get over that feeling? And I get through my day. But if I'm like driving on the side of a road and I see like a little kid run and fall and like really at, like themselves up and mm-hmm. like scrapes everywhere, I'm like, oh my God, they're so little. Oh man. See, like, I, I get more distressed about the emotional heartbreak than I do I about do a skin, like a skin on the knees. No, like I'm like, I ah, know, get up. It's good for you. I don't know. I just uh, like, uh, wait till you have kids. Everything. My brothers. Oh, it's out of control. My thir- my brother's 14 oh, and he's a freshman in high school. And I'm not going to ruin his life by telling all the embarrassing stories on the on the air. Because he'll never one. forgive. No, I can't. Go ahead. I literally can't. I, he already hates me. Mm. Um, you went so Jersey then. No, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. Dante would kill me. Um, he would be so mad. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be fair to him, I swear. Um, he uh, He's a freshman in high school and he keeps calling me, telling me these stories. And it's like. I literally just cry. Yeah, man. <laughs> because I know that I want to be like, it's not going to matter. Oh, it's going to matter, fir- but it's so real to him. The first time they played musical chairs and my son was the last one left without a chair, I, I cried. <laughs> I cried. Because it was just like he cried, so I cried. And then, you know, his mum laughed. And what? Wow. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh, roll reversal. Uh, that was a Simpsons joke, you know. I cried and then Maggie laughed and then. But no, my, my, my did that mean? Yeah, you did. Wow. So we both can't. We have both bad joke recall today. That's why I reached for the guitar and start strumming away like some kind of distraction. What were the chords on? Uh... No. Maybe. Maybe. First of all, I think it's like capo capo oh, six. Don't capo me. You we have a capo on the guitar. How's that? Now we're getting into Mumford and Sons territory. Okay, try. Nice. I... Anyway, what? Let me see it. Go. See? That's why we get it out. You got it. I don't know if it's capo six. I might have made that up. Oh, no, it still sound good. Is that it? Is that the key? It's in? <sighs> Sounds good. It's funny how the warning signs can feel like the butterflies. That's it. <sighs> That's this key, right? Oh, cause I've been digging myself down deeper I won't stop till I get where you are I keep running above my feet I won't stop till I get where you are That's it, I think wow. I was like, actually, no, actually, you know what the D comes I think it's, <clears throat> it's Oh, cause I keep digging myself down deeper I won't stop till I get where you are I keep running above my feet I won't stop till I get where you are That's it. That's fire. You look at me with eyes so dark, don't know how you even see. You push right through me. It's getting real. You lock the door, you're drunk at the steering wheel. That's it. That is yeah. it. Yeah. That is it. That's definitely it. That is it. I realize now what? that you are. I am what? You're, you're, fucking, you're a folk singer from Laurel Canyon in the 1970s. Yeah, I'm Regina Spector. <laughs> you totally are. I'm Regina Spector. You totally yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, I grew up listening to like 
It's, but it's, it's just dawned on me because you've done such a great job of inventing and reinventing yourself. And disguising it. Yeah. And now I see you just with the guitar in your hand yeah. and hearing your voice and your tone. And I realize why it works so well because you have taken that inspiration and that natural yeah. place and you just twist it every time. Well, I think there's a storytelling element about that genre that's always really appealed to me. And I think I found my sound when... 2008, there was this like trend from like 2008 to like 2011 probably where every like folky indie girl was doing hip hop covers. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, so yes, like yes. as I went, oh, indie voice, rhythmic influence. I hate to break it to you, but Ed Sheeran kind of coined that around that time. Okay, but he was doing it acoustically. I was using pro, I, w- I was yes, trying to find. Programmed, it up. Yes. you know what I mean. So like, that's how we got ghosts. That's not. I see. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get that's it. how we got ghosts. Think about it. It does. It makes sense. You're you know very I mean? good at it because you have I a rap. I don't like the medicine. I don't want no face fresh. Want them wearing leather back and let me be a taste test. I like the sad eyes, bad guys, mouth full of white lies. Kiss me in the corridor, quick to tell me goodbye. You say that you're no good for me, cause I'm always. That's that. Again. So that's like what I'm saying is, is like the folk thing. Like that's in me through and through and through and to make it full circle I think it really comes through in Graveyard mm. and that was kind of a tipping off point for some of the other music I was working on where everything kind of started to go maybe in a little bit more of like a organic-y quirky that my album is has so many live instruments on it I can't even believe it because for me, I'm usually like a dark synthy programmed, yeah. like, you know, I'm like midi queen. I can believe it now. And yeah. when I hear you sing the song acoustically, which is obviously how it was written, yeah, I just think, my God, wait till we get that unplugged moment. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. I would love to for can that Can we do one. that? Yeah. Can we do that? I'm down. I'm let's all yours, do, guys. Let's do that. I'm all yours. Let's do that. Let's do something like legit where it's just you. Yeah. And you can you can design it, orchestrate it. I heard something awesome about you. Go ahead. I don't know if it's public knowledge. Oh, this would be good. It is. I heard that you made one of my favorite beats of all time. Which one? An Action Bronson beat? I did. Okay, check this out. No, 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 no. So I wrote the hook. So 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 Ronson made the beat and I mm-hmm. wrote the hook. And, I, and yeah, that's a funny story. Oh, maybe I should tell him about my poem. What is it? Is it called Baby Blue, I Love You? Is it no. about Action Bronson? No, Because he no, has eyes. You could swim in his really? eyes. Have you ever met him? Yeah. He's the Charismatron. I um, I wrote a slam poem inspired by that song. Mm. Um, and it was kind of just me, um, uh, especially mostly inspired by the, the chance verse mm. where I'm wishing all of these yeah. things upon yeah. an ex and yeah. they all sound really nice, but yeah. they're actually really mean. Nasty as you know what I mean? Like stupid stuff. Like I, I hope every day, like your socks don't match. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, or like. Um, I think the end. I think it ends by going. I hope you suffer. I hope you suffer. I hope you suffer. Though at the end, isn't it? Isn't the last line quite gnarly? Is that true? It's have I blocked the last line. that out? Maybe. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm making it up. I might have blocked that out. All right, fans. I want to know a couple of things, but don't give away anything you don't want to give away. The album in progress is where. Can I, it's done. It's done. Yeah. Pre-order is motherfucking live. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst save ever. That was the worst save ever. Uh, okay, the album is done. It's delivered. It's it's. Uh, that, but here's the thing. Now that I know, even though we did this before, we knew this, and now we know this, and now we're back to the present day, even though it's happening in the future, I already know that people already know that. So what I need to know now in order to get something in return, because you already told people that I'm out, is 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 like maybe a, like a month or a time period or anything. Just something. Uh, Keep the people warm. I can say it comes out in January. 
comes out January. Outstanding. I'm doing we're doing a really long lead because I have a lot of amazing visuals coming with this album that right. I really want everyone to spend time with before right. they dive into this record. It's very personal for me. This is one of my first albums that I feel like I'm really writing from just Ashley. Mm-hmm. Very candid perspective. Um, you know, my family's heard the album and they get really emotional every time they hear it because, you know, they hear their daughter or their sister or whoever singing back to them instead of Halsey, you know, which is amazing. And they're proud of Halsey and they love that because it's this like amazing, you know, thing. It's like larger than life. This isn't large. This album's not larger than life. It's yeah. just quite. Um, Personal, direct, linear. Yeah, very conversational, but it's also, it's really, really exciting. It's like, I think this album is going to be the one where people go, oh, we get it now. She changes her sound completely every time. Because between Badlands and HFK, people were like, is this just inconsistent? And I was like, no, this is my pattern. This is what I do is I just change the whole thing. And here's the good news. So do Radiohead and it's worked out for them. And so so did the Beatles and it worked out just fine for them. said that because I... Said that about Hopeless Found Kingdom. I was like, oh, Hopeless Found Kingdom is my okay computer. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is my kid A. Oh, and you know what? So does Beyonce. And it works out just fine for her. Yeah, but and she's so Beyonce, dude. You can't really put right. me in the same. I jumped I'll take Tom York. I jumped Oh, poor Tom York. I'm not he's like, Beyonce. He's I'm like, kidding. all right, I'm f***ing Beyonce back home in Oxford. <laughs> I can't take either Do you know what I found? You know what I just looked at? And this was this was put in front of me. I, this is how engrossing and engaging the conversation is that we have. I'm sc- what's, on that, what's on that? This was sent to me uh, 15 minutes ago. We need to wrap. We need to wrap 15 minutes ago. And I, I just looked at it right now. Don't even put the... It was helpful! Was it? Because he didn't see it. Oh, it's it's oh, it's her out. I'll tell you why though. Well, she's still talking, so I'm off the hook. I thought it was somebody else. I will never stop talking, especially to you. That's the problem. An absolute superstar in the world of music and art, but also somebody who defines her vision every time and refuses to compromise. That was Halsey right here on the Zane Lowe interviews. So I'm Zane Lowe, and if you haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe right here so you don't miss any of the conversations that I'm having with some of the world's most amazing artists because even though I'd have them anyway, I love sharing them. Make sure you listen to all of Halsey's amazing music on Apple Music, and we'll catch you next time for another conversation on Apple Podcasts.